Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be here with you on a Falls Wednesday. Hope this finds you doing well. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew, filming, directing the proceedings. On Twitter, it's at Cameron Show and uh, basketball tonight, 9 o'clock. I know everybody's pumped. But I can't wait. Hey, better take it in, Tom. Better take the game in tonight. Better enjoy it. I don't know that it's going to be another win on the schedule, buddy. You better circle this one. Uh, Pitt plays a lot of zone. They can't. I mean, they can't hit water falling out of a boat. Pitt is a. I mean, oh. that is a bad basketball team. If we. What have you done, sir? I know, sir. Well. Uh, not like Virginia Tech's two sharpshooters, the seven-footers, quote-unquote, <laughs> mm. went and uh, lit it up from, from Tallahassee on to their next stops in the schedule. So, yeah. It's a toughie. That's just a – that's to, ugh. I, I don't even like to think about it. I get angry thinking about it. Uh, you know what I don't get angry about? I don't get angry when we reach Wednesday of Super Bowl week and we've got the – Waste management starting tomorrow, which is one of my favorite tournaments in golf on tour. You get it all married together where you get – think about how that is the perfect warm-up to the actual game on a Sunday because of the time. It's perfect. Oh, buddy, there's a lot of gambling going down this weekend in the Cameron household. I've got money spread out all everywhere. Pizza money abounds, buddy. I was going to say, I, I would hope that maybe you'd educate the masses a little bit later today. Yeah, I will. Last night uh, – you guys should be subscribed to the College Sports Book. I, I'm telling you, I'm making you money. We won again last night. Uh, I'm, 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 we're on a mini roll here lately. Uh, let's keep it going. I didn't pick a game for tonight, although I kind of like two. So I'll, at the end of the show, when we're want to do, we'll look, I kind of like a little pizza money on the money line for Oklahoma tonight against Texas Tech. Oh, he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. Uh, it just it was one of the first ones that jumped out at me. You're getting three. But if you think it's going to be within three, you might as well take that money line. A little plus 125, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah, last year for the Super Bowl, we uh, we went out, grabbed, there was a, a special at a restaurant near mm-hmm. us, and it had a lot of stuff that you could pick on for the day. Yeah. So we went out as early as they were open, got that in for the day, and then if it wasn't for the waste management, I, I might have vomited out of nervousness for the Super Bowl. I was so <laughs> hyped up. I was ready. I felt like yeah. we were going to win the game. I felt we first guessed that all week long. Yeah, we did. We did. They're it missing their weird. tackles. Our front four is good. This almost feels kind of weirdly easy. What are we not seeing? Except for Patrick Mahomes doesn't right. suck. Yeah. Exactly. And, and can do – I mean, he was willing them to the place that they got to in the first place. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for the waste management, I don't know. I don't know. I might not have made it. Well, Brooks Kepka, Florida State's own, is your reigning uh, WM champion. They're not going by waste management anymore. It's WM. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the WM Open. Uh, so there it is. That's uh, he's the reigning champion. He does not come into this tournament in form, uh, and he wasn't in form when he won it a year ago. So who knows? Uh, Brooks has got to get it together. I'm a little worried he's gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I'm a little worried he's not very good these days. Uh, the numbers, all the metrics are pointing to a guy who's not playing very good golf. He's doing the bleach blonde, and he's selling like a fake baseball jersey with his lo- with his uh, BK logo on it. I'm a little worried. It's all right. <laughs> you, you can put it to bed, <laughs> yeah, Brooks. You, you can put it to bed real quick with a good weekend here. <laughs> uh, Tom will defend Brooks to the hilt, but he'll reveal how concerned he really is by telling you he's mildly concerned, when in the truth, that is a 
four-alarm fire that he just signaled right there. He knows damn well that this is the behavior of a man who is much more concerned about marketing and making money than he is putting in the time to be a good golfer right now. He's pulling a Gordon Bombay and D2, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> My generation knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't. This is a distraction. This is a fire barrel. He needs to have that moment like Emilio Estevez did. Okay. Well, I guess so. Uh, you know what came out today? Something that gives Florida State fans a little bit of a a little bit of a bump, a little bit of a okay boys, especially because I respect the work that he puts in, the process that he uses. We reference it frequently. If you want to learn more about it, you can. Uh, but Bill Connolly for ESPN does such a good job with his SP Plus rankings and projections. And you just use it as an information tool. It's just yet another um, another way of evaluating where a program's at. It's not the only way. I know some people swear by it as the only way to evaluate a coach, a program, a recruiting class, any of that stuff. I'm not saying that, but I am saying it is valuable and it is insightful. And in it, this year, he has the preseason projections for 2022 that came out today. So if you haven't perused it, you should know Florida State is in the top 25. That is the first piece of significantly good news uh, regarding Florida State football in a long time. Well, well, I don't get the cold. (laughs) So for those real quick uh, refresher course, for those wondering what SP Plus is, um, returning production, they use that. The re- returning production numbers are based on rosters. He's usually updated those by now, which he has as he puts forth his top 25 preseason, all that stuff. Uh, it accounts for transfers and attrition. So, you know, it's a current look at your roster as opposed to just what it projects. Like, hey, look, now we found out that we got some receivers that came in. He adds that to the formula. Good for us, obviously. Uh, so it's a combination of last year's SP Plus rankings, the adjustments based on returning production, and that makes up two-thirds of the projections formula. All right? Just so you know. Where's my Scott Steiner clip? No, no, no. No, this this makes sense. Then there's recent recruiting. Um, so, obviously, if you're, if you're looking at a team's potential replacements, new starters, anything like that, you're going you're gonna to look at the last few years of recruiting rankings uh, in diminishing order to find out where that what that would be, right? So that makes sense. And then recent history, you, you take a little bit of the information that he uses for previous seasons. Two to four years ago, you get a good measure of an overall program's health. They're trying to see the health of a program. Obviously, we haven't been a very healthy program if we're going back four years. This would be a sickly program. This we're is like a program, Big Lou. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This would – we need uh, – you know, we, we need some sort of vitamins early in the day to get things started. We got to get our color back. We look a little, it's like a pinkish hue. We're not, we're not healthy. We're not, we're not looking good. All right. So with that said, without getting too into the weeds, you can get into the weeds yourself. You could go read all about his methodologies. That's just a cursory glance at what he uses. And in doing so, obviously we have not been a, a strong outfit. We've resided in an uncomfortable neighborhood. Uh, it's a neighborhood where you look around and you go, look, there's Toledo. That's a toughie. Toledo. I'm going to cough if you want to whistle. Well, I can tell you that uh, NHL hockey is going to be sparse over the next few days. All right, and there he's it is. back. I'm back. You might look to your right and you go, hey, everybody, there's Fresno State. 
mm, the wrong FSU in our neighborhood. The two FSUs together. Yeah, not a sight we'd ever see. Sometimes you look around and you're like, man, we're out here hanging out with, uh, you know, Kansas State and uh, Syracuse in western Kentucky, and it's just, damn it, man, this is not what we do. we got to get back. So this year, I guess it would be good for the state of Florida since this was an unprecedentedly poor season for the state of Florida. You think back on what it was for the University of Florida, for us, obviously, and Miami. Miami was the best of the bunch, but not great. No great shakes. No great shakes. Lost to us. So there it is. This year, Florida State on Connolly's SP Plus, 24th in the country. Wow. I just snuck in there, buddy. We snuck in there. And that projects how we'll finish, or or is that his preseason metric? Like, Is, he, is, is that a predictive model? Or projected is that... SP Plus. Okay. And it has offense uh, SP Plus. You can look at what we're at there, what he thinks will be there, which is uh, 47th, top 50 offense. Okay. All right. That's a better neighborhood. Yeah, it's a yep. better neighborhood. Just over 30 points a game. New tires on the car. Yeah. All right. And then the uh, the defense projects really nicely. Got quite the boost from our some of the efforts a year ago in the second half of the season. So we were trending in the right direction when you consider how bad we were in the first half of the season. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. There could be a bit of a drop-off there, especially up front, although we both think, finally, the secondary is going to be better. Yeah, for once, I, I do believe that. Now, let's just stay healthy through spring practice. But, but was that in the 40s as well? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the... Uh... Oh, I didn't give you the ranking. No, that was in top 20. He thinks we can have a top 20 defense. Ooh. Well, that's aspirational, isn't it? Well, you got a very productive linebacker making his way in here, and uh, and we think that Put secondary will be wrap. better. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, uh, you got a chance. You got a chance to be... A much better team. This goes along with what we projected ourselves, what we thought ourselves. Top 25-ish should be should be on the radar. If it's not, we've got real discussions to have. Yeah, for like a week. You know, maybe we could sneak in there for a week. We get off to a hot start. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. I'm talking about if you're looking through here. Okay, let's. I'll pull it up right now. Here we go. Surely we can have as good a season as, I don't know, Minnesota, BYU, Purdue, Louisville. I mean, it's these aren't great teams. I mean, don't you think we're going to have a better year this year than last? And if that's the case, I mean, you had us at eight wins, I believe, or nine. I don't, yeah, that? I had us at eight before the uh, before the bowl that we go to, which mm-hmm. is breaking news. Uh, so Big I'm looking. Win. I'm looking at the bottom five. In last year's AP poll, as it closed out for the season, yeah, Arkansas was, nine and four. Mm-hmm, that's a four loss club. There yep. you go. Oregon ten and four. Mm-hmm. Iowa ten and four. There Utah you go. State eleven and three. San Diego State twelve and two. So I suppose, yeah. NC State was a twentieth at nine and three. There All you right. go. All right, you can do that. It's possible. <laughs> I, it's weird. You're more bullish when we do wins and W's and L's than you are when I say it's possible to finish top 25. Yeah, to I, me, it's the same thing. I don't think we'll get the benefit of the doubt over a two-loss San Diego State. Oh. I think that's where we are. Now, others receiving oh. votes? Oh, hey, man, we're a lock. Well, we're hold gonna on. We're going to be in those others I'm not saying votes. preseason they're going to put us there, but I am saying that by season's end, we can very well be there. Yeah, if we go eight and four with a schedule that includes LSU and Florida, yeah, as well as obviously Miami and Clemson. I mean, if you have, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Like, I think we'll be in there in the course of the season. I just wonder if we're going to finish there. Well, I do too. The ACC is said to be better this year than it was a year ago, and that would make sense. So it's a better version of the ACC. Not significantly better, but it is going to be better. In fact, Connolly's projections have the ACC being better than the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Yeah, I agree with that. You've got a lot of 80-year-old quarterbacks. I mean, they're all I mean, yes. they've been here forever. They've seen everything. Yeah, it never ends, does it? I think they played us when we won uh, the 2013 championship. Some of these kids. So, there are teams to buy and teams to sell based on SP+. Florida State would be a team to buy because they're upwardly mobile. A team to sell, people that they think will fall off. Um, you know, if you look at teams ranked in, in his mind, way too high based on the year they had, but not on what they're losing. So if you look at the way too early top 25s like ESPN projects and all those, I mean, we all take a cursory glance at them because we can't help ourselves. Well, if you do that, you'd see where, you know, like Oregon was preseason number 12. Well, they've gone through quite the upheaval. I'm not so sure Oregon's going to finish in the top 12. I'd sell the hell out of some Oregon. They got a different quarterback? Yeah, I mean, right. They're not very good. Uh, they didn't have a good one to begin with. No. I'm um. And it's unsettled that position. It's a it'll be a new quarterback, but that's probably better then. Okay, but I mean they just lost their coach. They just I mean I can't imagine that Kenny D's bringing the bamboo. Mm. So you'd sell them. You'd sell them. I'd say I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna say they fall outside that top twelve. I'm gonna sell Baylor. I like Dave Aranda as much as the next guy, but that's a preseason top fifteen. Get the hell out of here with that. No, I'm not doing. It. Where's Wisconsin? Number nine. Um, Wisconsin's a team that you could buy because they're 24th in the way too early preseason poll. I'm going to buy Wisconsin as a top 20 team. Yeah, they'll be number nine in the preseason poll. Well, if they were, if they were number nine, Tom, I'd sell them. I'd sell them like I always do. Under the tent of suspicion, they have resided for a long time. And what I wouldn't give to reside under the tent of suspicion, I would love for Florida State to be a team that many around the country took a gander at in the way too early 2022 top 25 and go, frauds, look at you ranked 15th. That would mean you got ranked. No, been a while. Been a while around these parts. Didn't you have a term for the next group over? Maybe, maybe not. There was the stew of discontent, I know. but Stew of discontent, tent of suspicion. Yeah, outside of the tent of suspicion, but not the nice neighborhood. Mm. Maybe not. I don't think I had a term the necessarily. The parking lot of suck. Uh, the parking lot of suck is something I have said before. We just pull on into Suckville. Here we go. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Here yeah. we go. Pull but, right. Your spot awaits, FSU, yep. right here. It's August 30th in Tallahassee, and it's just a parking lot. It's 150 degrees that's if right. it's August 31st in Tallahassee. Mm. Duquesne's going to be like, oh, pleasant down here. <laughs> Bless their hearts. At some point, I do have to talk about the game. I will. I'll mention it in passing in a moment. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Had a cool moment this morning, Tom. I got to talk to Oklahoma State golf coach Alan Bratton for about 20 minutes. He's got like nine, ten national championships. That's an interesting conversation. He's moreover, I was asking him about Victor Hovland. So he wasn't insufferable. He was awesome. He presents that way. Uh, not insufferable at all. Was uh, gregarious, fun to talk to, interesting, insightful, uh, conversational, really relaxed. Uh, talked about all of his players, of which there have been a gazillion great ones. But I, in particular, was interested in Victor Hovland, who, if you look at any of the advanced metrics right now, he's. Uh, only behind John Rahm, frankly, in the last two years. He's, he's that kind of good. If he could just putt, that's it. Well, when he does, he wins. Um, and he's won three of the last five tournaments he's entered. Now, we don't think about it much because one was in Europe and the other one was in Dubai or whatever, but he, he's, he's good. He's really good. He's emerged as the best of that young group. Isn't it crazy? Along with Colin Morikawa. You know, if it wasn't for the damn uh, blood money event over in Saudi, the way that finished with Harold Varner, that would be getting so much more run. Yeah, know? it's uh, an amazing putt, and I've watched it on a loop. It is epic. <laughs> if it happened over here in the States, it would be run all the time, but unfortunately, yeah. you know, playing for war criminals. Yeah, and you saw what uh, Phil Mickelson had to say while, while doing that, by the way? He said that uh, he's clearly positioning himself to be ahead of that league over there. He wants to leave. Yeah, he said something about the PGA Tour's greedy or Insatiable something. Insatiable greed. Yeah. Phil Mickelson is going to say that. Now, he's always had an up-and-down deal in, on this show, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you remarked on his weight for some time. Boobies was his nickname. That's, well, yes, yeah. you remarked on his weight. Yeah. Uh, then there was the moment. It was considered funny by some, and I guess it is, but on the Ryder Cup uh, dais, after they lost well, he over... Watson. Yeah, but still, that's not what you do, man. It's not what you do it's in not that what you do at, all. at all. And then he, he moaned and complained about the most recent European Ryder Cup that it was too difficult because the fairways he are too narrow. He also had a moving golf ball in the U.S. Open. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, he's done a lot of dumb mm-hmm. things. He gets a pass because he's done a lot of great things. And he's and hilarious on he's social media. He's funny on social and media. And he cares deeply about it, by the way. And a lot of people believe that this is his fight to stay relevant at 51. And I would argue, why, Phil? You just won a major last year. You're still relevant. You don't have to do this. You don't have to uh, push, put, you know, position yourself arm length away from the PGA Tour, which has made you fabulously wealthy. And there's also the either it's the insider trading or well, the insider gambling thing that he was well, alleged the, to have been. Uh, I don't know it was insider gambling. He just gambles a lot, which I admire. Yeah. But the uh, well, there was the incident in Detroit, but that was uh, whatever. There was another one in Arizona too, though. Oh, he's had a few things. Yeah. But the gambling gets a bad rap. But the uh, but the but I would say that um, the other stuff with the yes, it's the Gary Player syndrome. Except he's way taller than Gary Player. He feels like not enough people talk about him. Like, Gary's always, you know, I was always the one who could do all the push-ups. And you're like, that's great, Gary. You want a ton of majors. It's fine. Your place is cemented. You're not Jack. Get over it. You're not as beloved as Arnie. Nobody is. Get over that. But you're unbelievable. Yeah. You're one of the greats of all time. You don't have to tell me how good you are. You're. We know. On tour, if you talk to people who have to deal with him, the word insufferable comes up. With Gary or Phil? Gary. Yeah, well. Nobody likes Gary. And Gary's criminal son is a problem, too. So, yeah. That's a problem. And he tries to help him out 
He'll he'll take him places where he has no business being. Uh, oh yeah, he was in the background of uh, oh, yeah. promoting something during the opening tee shot. That, that was the Masters, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's an awful. He may not be a very good guy, Tom. Well, I mean, you could make that akin to somebody who is worthy to be at a golf tournament, like Phil Mickelson, carrying around his coffee all day and setting it down on the green in the camera shot where he knows it's going to be as he's putting. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So right before we came on the air, uh, I heard Tom Block talking about the fact that in March, and we're less than a month from March, uh, the Rules Committee is going to look closely at trying to pass something in college football that would address the growing problem of players faking injury to slow down offenses. And my problem is they're going to screw this up because they always do. And I'd rather them be less focused on that than getting this whole targeting thing figured out to where we stop throwing people out of games all the damn time and people having to miss the next half of the next game and everything else. It's nonsense. And it, it, it affects the integrity of the sport, I think, more than the faking of injuries, which has gone on forever. Yeah, the faking of injuries thing is really easy to fix. You just say if you go down for injury purposes in a given drive, can't come back for whatever five plays or after a change of possession. Mm -hmm. You know whether you punt, kick, score a touchdown, whatever. But minimum five plays, and then I'll bet you when you get caught out there as one of the star players, you're not going down. No. Now they may try and have one of their lesser than players, maybe a linebacker, because they know situations coming up where they don't need a linebacker. But if you've got to be out for five plays, and you're on the field. Chances are you're a valuable player, and they don't want you missing the next series of downs. I would agree with that, yeah. That's a simple rule. Done. And then you just got to have your line judge or, or, you know, they have a lot of sideline officials too. They just monitor who's in, who's out for those purposes. If you break that rule, then it's, I mean, a ridiculous foul assessed against you. And you're fine. But, yes, targeting should be well, they the get, only that's what they, need. they really need to focus on the targeting, and they really should also focus on, I think, if we're being fair, uh, I think they need to adapt uh, or adopt, I should say in this case in college, the pros rules for uh, RPOs. You can't have linemen. Be, in the NFL, you can't be more than a yard downfield on any of those. In, in college, the, technically the rule is three yards. Yeah, they give them five. They give them five every time. We need to enforce the current rule at the very least so that defenses have a chance. And then, moreover, I would eliminate that too and make it one yard and say we're done with this. One yard is a hell of a lot easier to um, enforce as well. Yeah. Three is that's tough because the line of scrimmage by that point gets distorted and, you, you know. What's four? What's three? Yeah, I've seen it. We run them a little bit more, so I've seen it enforced a little bit more the last couple of years, but not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. I mean, you can find egregious infractions on those plays most every game you watch. I'm not just talking about us. I'm saying if you watch a college football game and you and I know you do this because I do it too. We both do it. Like in order to break down a game that we're going to want to talk about more, you go back and watch plays why they worked, why they didn't work. And you can slow it down frame by frame. This guy missed this assignment. This guy, this is a tough reach block. This guy crashed. Whatever it might be, here's what they were in. Every time I do that and I slow it down, if it's an RPO, if it's a big playoff at RPO, I see a lineman that should be called for being downfield. It's it's it drives me nuts every time. Almost all those big plays, it's exa- It's partly because of that. Yeah. Well, especially if it's a broken play, quarterback breaks the pocket, then throws in a different half of the field. They're way the hell down there, and because the it, the original screen was blown up right, or something right. along those lines. Yeah. Or the quarterback throws it away as they're rolling out just to get to second and ten. No, you've got a lineman downfield. I'm sorry. Yeah. You've got to run out of bounds to take a hit. 
Yeah, Shout out, QB. I, yeah, I agree, but I would I would worry about that on the back end. I, I get this. M- the main thing here is let's fix this targeting. Stop kicking people out of games. Stop pretending to know intent. You don't know that. Every time we watch these hits, when they slow it down in super slow motion, everything looks violent. Guess why? It's a violent game. It's very violent. That's why the hell we have the helmets on. It's violent. If you super slow-mo anything, it looks egregious. But it's in real time, we all watch these games. You know, almost 99% of the time, you're like, that's not. He didn't intend to do that. He, he was going for the waster below, and the other guy obviously doesn't want to be tackled, lowers his shoulder, and boom, our head's hit. I know it sounds radical, but let's just say... That an I'd get off- rid of it altogether. An offense runs a play. This is I'm going back to injuries real quick. An offense runs a play, gain of 15. Guy drops down, and he's injured, quote-unquote. You know, you could just allow the defense to roll another player out there and say, you can sub one on for free, but we're, we're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And if there's an interception or, or the ball comes close enough to the player that's on the field and injured being attended to by the uh, health officials, we're just going to blow the play dead. And he gets it there. How about that? Soccer plays all the time. They continue. It's on one of the teams to kick the ball out of bounds for a throw-in in order for the proceedings right. to stop unless it is a well, really yeah, a difficult... Like shattered his ankle but or something. Yeah. How many, I mean, it happens in hockey. Players down. you oh, got to wait till you control the puck. And, to get to the, uh, and yeah. he's limping his way. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. I mean, hey. Is it so radical to say, hey, play, play on. Over here, baby. We're playing on. Yeah. I like it. But I don't think it's what they need to worry about. I think they need to get back to worrying about what was well, the primary concern. But that you're correct. But the the point of frustration I have with the fake injuries is that there needs to be a rule in that situation where TV can't go to a three minute break. Yeah, you can't do that. No, you because can't. now you've given a full timeout and you've killed the complete momentum of everything that's going on. I now agree. we've been a victim of that more than it's been to our favor. It has happened in our favor a couple of times. Yeah, we've done it. We've had guys purposely fall. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, I mean, I go In back. fact, I would encourage it. While there are no rules against Correct. it, I would just continue. If we're if we're reeling and you're on your heels and you can't get a handle on somebody and they keep winning first down because they're playing at warp speed, man, go down and grab your leg. I would te- You'd hear me on the sideline. Well, you can clearly hear Coach Cameron telling him to fake an injury at the top of his lungs. Listen to this. we got to do something about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it won't be today. It's not today. Lay down, Johnny. Jesus. And now this from Geico. Yeah. <laughs> All right, eventually I will get to that basketball game. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3. You see what I'm doing here, guys? See what I'm doing? This is like Matt Damon and Kimmel. This is what I'm doing here. We'll get to it. 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, does Florida State overcome injury, illness, and the like tonight against Pitt? Eight and sixteen, three and ten in the ACC Pitt Panther program that roll on into the TLC Double C, where, frankly, the moniker and the long-standing phrase that you do not just roll on into the TLC Double C and expect to walk away with a victory has proven untrue. Sadly, as of late, it's just on pause. It is, yeah, it's simply untrue. Lately, it's just frustrating, very frustrating. We're, we, we have no dukes. We're not equipped. We have a lot of injury. We have uh, not been able to present our best side here at the TLC Double C. This game to be televised tonight, if you're not racing over to the TLC Double C at 9 p.m. for the tip, you can watch it on the ACC Network. Good for you. There it is, the ACC Network, everybody. 9 o'clock, fine production. So it is a four-game brutal stretch that we allude to uh, every time we talk about Florida State right now. Um, and you know, this is, it's, it's a toughie. 
Pitt leads the all-time series, by the way. Did you know that? 14-6. to six. I didn't. I would not have guessed that. The two teams have split the 10 matchups since Pitt joined the ACC in the fall of 2013. The Knowles have had a hard time winning games up there in Pittsburgh. That we did know. You and I were well aware that, unfortunately, when you take it up to Pitt in that grimy dungeon of a arena that is pitch black, looks like a cafeteria. Yeah, it's got the lighting like the... Uh, 700 trips to the foul line for the opponent. It's like uh, corporate office lighting with the cubicles. It's, That's what it looks like. Yeah, that that lighting suggests, hey, let's let's put a spotlight on death. It's just so gloomy. It's so you're you're just like this is awful. Why are we here? I I feel uncomfortable. We should leave. I see eight to five, and you better take an hour lunch. That's that's what I see <laughs> with that, and you better report it. If it's not on your timesheet, then you're in trouble. Uh, we were supposed to meet at the Peterson Event Center that I just referenced uh, last year, but uh, we you know it, it didn't happen. COVID. We all know that. Uh, here's here's the deal. Pitt has been bad for some time. It has been a mystery as to what happened there. I told you, I don't know, two years ago and then again a year ago, like whatever happened to Pitt, I was bringing this up on the show. I thought there was a time where that was a really good basketball program, and they have fallen off a cliff, and I hope they remain there, down there near the bottom. They were 12th out of 15 teams a year ago. They suck, and they suck again. Come on. Let's just add to their suckingness. Time was that if they did anything on a basketball court, it was thunder and crash the glass. Mm-hmm. They were always physical. They've lost that. And uh, maybe it's because uh, Coach K's guy just doesn't have uh, much in the tank. They don't have any depth, and they haven't had depth in some time. They're 4-7 and seven in any close game that they've played this year. That would be a game decided by five points or less. They're 1-5 and five in ACC games in which the point differential was five points or less. He's one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Remember how angry he was? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, he was furious. And he didn't get it. He didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's Sprinting across the court. Hey. <laughs> He's one of us. Baby. Uh, so there's that. And they roll in here, as I mentioned before, not very good. Uh, let's just hope that somebody like I don't need to see Jamarius Burton go nuts tonight or anything like that. I mean, he's he's a candidate too. Um, I certainly don't need uh, what's his name, uh, a, a Duke Cali or a Duke Kale, a Duke Kale or whatever the hell his name is. He's good. I don't know. No, please no. I, the problem is, I picture <laughs> I picture this being close in the second half. How could you not? I mean, in, in a way, you'd almost take it the way things are going right now. Maybe. Uh, you need to get on a heater or just save it all for one magical week at Barclays. And you're going to bring that up each time, are I you am. not? Well, that's where we are now. One magical else. week. Or or Warley development, Butler, if he can get 100% development on the court. That's that's what we're playing for now. This conference, if this conference was where it was three, four years ago, we're right in the thick of it. I mean, we're on the bubble, inside the bubble, outside the bubble. Even still, we would be there. That's just not where things are this season. My dear friend. When is Florida State's uh, opening day for college baseball? It's uh, two Friday. Well, not this Friday, not next Friday, but the Friday after. So technically three Fridays away. That's when it is. It's almost here. Thank God. Two weeks and two sleeps. We need it. We need the infusion of expectation and talent and a belief that as you make your way to watch a Florida State sporting event, goodness shall follow. Well, yeah. Softball starts this weekend. It does. So there you go. It, it does. What the two diamond sports? 
No, one of which I, has I, been far better than the other oh, in, in I, recent I, years. Did, I, did you? See, I, but I'd be smirched softball. Expectations of goodness. Yeah, you could more rightfully expect goodness over Joanne Graff these days. Now, if we can hit a little bit and not strike out twelve to seventeen times a game, that's what I'm hearing, buddy. At Hauser, that's what I'm hearing. Then you got a chance there, and a whole bunch of arms, arms for days. I mean, it's ridiculous to listen to him talk about what they have in terms of... He doesn't usually hype it up, either. I mean, that's... It's a reason to be excited, I think. I mean, uh, and I, and I, I mean, listen, I'm desperate to make my way over to that dump uh, and watch some baseball. I really am. Um, you know, this may be the final year we have to look at that decrepit, sitting water, disease-infested Hauser. Maybe they'll be doing something better here the in the... final year? No, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I start a tidal wave of negativity. Who to is it. dying and giving us 50 grand? Or, sorry, 50, 50 million. Grand. I was 50 like, million. 50 grand ain't going to do much. You could repaint it. I was back in 1922 for a moment say, there. Sorry about <laughs> we that. We could repaint the outside, which is what we love to I'll do. I'll tell you what we need. We need 50 grand, see? What we love to do is the lipstick on a pig. That's what we love to do. We're always about, hey, look at this, new padding. That's what we do. Hey, I know this is garbage, and there's sitting water that you can't see. Disease all beneath you. But uh, we got new padding. Just my hope. We're going to be subject to a class action suit ourselves. It's not a safe workplace. Yeah, and you're supposed to have a smile on your face when you head to the old ballpark. Instead, you see cobwebs in the rafters, fans that look like they could be broken at any moment, sitting water in the stairwells. Rust. Sounds like South Bend. <laughs> you can call it South Bend. <laughs> We're going to go to South there Bend. There was a time that place was a gym. It was uh, it was a beacon of light. You'd look at Hauser and you'd go, man, think of all the programs that wish they had the kind of stadium we possess here. Now, any ballpark you go into in the ACC, you go, wouldn't it be nice if we had a ballpark like this? Are they getting more TV money than we are? How's this possible? <laughs> why does why does Wake have this much better of a baseball stadium than us? It's Wake. What are we doing? It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. You gotta take me back out You'll see it if you're watching on War Chant TV. Like and subscribe as always. Thanks so much to those of you who have over the course of time and still continue to do so. Thanks also for listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. But uh, we've been posting it. Just another reminder. We had another meeting. I'm really excited about it. We met with uh, the fine folks at Second Harvest, the charity we're going to be helping out. I'm really excited about this. Um, the Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Invitational is to take place Friday, April the 15th, 8.30 a.m. at Capital City Country Club. Uh, this will be a fantastic event, and it's just good to rekindle it. We used to have a, a great time uh, gathering around the, the, the many wonderful listeners and uh, and fellow Noel fans and all that goodness. Uh, for years, we we had a Jeff Cameron Show Invitational, 13 years, I think it was, in a row. And uh, I still see some of you every now and again donning the shirts. I wish I still had all the shirts from the shows. I, I, somebody, I think Matt Millar might have the original one, uh, in which there are um, some people that are deceased on the shirt. Uh, that's how long ago it was. But uh, we spent some time away, and now we're back. We're back in the game. And our thanks to Corner Pocket Bar and Grill as well, presenting uh, this event. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. And it's April the 15th. Mark it on your calendar. Next week, we'll tell you how you can go online and get set up with your team. Already getting calls from friends saying, oh, yeah. hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, 
Where do you sign up? Well, I will say Don't this. Don't leave me out of this one. Oh, we'll leave you out if we want to. Now, hold on a second. I will, I will just say this. If you're thinking about, if you got a hankering and you're saying, you know, Phil, I got a hankering to play in that Jeff Cameron Show Invitational. Well, Keith, I'll join you. We'll grab Tom and Rich and we're in there. If that's you, if you're having a conversation like that about your potential foursome in the Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Invitational on April the 15th at 8.30 a.m. Capital City Country Club presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, if that's you, then you're going to want to, the day we tell you how to do this, get your ass online and sign up because this is not one of those tournaments where I allow for us to be out there nine hours like a bunch of a-holes. We're not doing that. We're getting in and out. We're playing some golf. We're having a good time. We're going to enjoy ourselves. It's not a speed round, but we're not meandering about. We're not going to be sitting there until, you know, a lot of these tournaments, you start at 8.30, but they, they stack the boxes with two sets of fours, and you're like, no, man, two foursomes on each box. That's not what we do. We're going to be out here till 10 o'clock tonight. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So we're only going to have, like, 24 teams. That's it. So you're going to want to get in. That's my point. And then there's a banquet afterwards that you want to get to as well. So we're going to get you back. Inside the beautiful confines, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, all the beautiful televisions. They always do a great job with the post-round banquet. We've been to, oh, how many do you think over the years over there? 152. Yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. Been to a lot of them. Delicious food. Between our tournaments, their tournaments. Keg of beer dedicated chance, to the people. tournaments, all the tournaments. Yeah, at least a keg of beer dedicated to the people who participated in the tournament, too. You just show up and say, hey, I played. You did. Give me my free beer. <laughs> On the honor system. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Also, I would, uh, well, I'm excited. Just mark it on the calendar. Get it ready to go. We're set. It's going to be fun. And that's a great course, Capital City Country Club is. so Excellent cause. It was a good conversation we had with, with the folks at Second Harvest yesterday. They do a great job here in the local area. There's a question on the chat that uh, has been bantied about before, and I I'm not always looking, by the way. When I do the show, I don't look. I, one of the problems early on when we switched over here to WarChan TV in 93.3, I got caught up in just looking at the chat and trying to answer as many questions. I was trying to be helpful. But then I realized it kind of it doesn't make for a, a smooth segue on the show. So I, I, a lot of times I'll just do it without even looking unless these guys tell me, hey, somebody's donated the cause or there's a great question. But I just checked over, and I saw where a lot of you were asking the question with Jordan Travis. If he wanted to transfer, would he have to sit out a year uh, because he already transferred once. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that 100%. I know that he was given an opportunity to leave Louisville without penalty because of uh, a situation there that was pretty ugly, frankly, uh, with the old coaching staff. Uh, so not not the current coaching staff, the previous coaching staff, our favorite motorcycle rider. So once he rode out, uh, I don't think that counted against him. Now, there's the COVID year. He's been what? I mean, he's like been in college five, six years. It so seems like there's there's a couple of things that could be a play. He would have his degree if he completes undergrad. Mm-hmm. I think he could walk anywhere he wants That's to go. That's correct. Right. Now, I don't know, and and I this is also sounds like a leading question. Like we're trying to create is Jordan Travis? He's he's here. So yeah, I, I, I don't I know why just, it's coming up. I don't know why it's coming up. Right, but let's just say a player who was already transferred once. Let's say Jordan Travis. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the question would become. About being grandfathered in because you get a free strike. That, the NCAA made that rule. said you can go anywhere you want one Ride time, out. Yep. one time, and that's before you get your and complete your undergraduate degree. Now, since he got clearance before that rule went into place, I don't know if he has a free strike before he gets his undergraduate degree. It's a good question. But if it was somebody who started right now in college, 
and they transferred next year, they'd have to sit out the second time they try and transfer. Correct. But this is a unique situation. Right. But he ain't leaving, so no. for his purposes. He's not. Yeah. No. We would have probably learned the answer to this question, say, if Florida State had gotten a very high-profile quarterback recruit, uh, you know, somebody who started. Yeah, yeah, transfer. I'm sorry. I didn't mean recruit. We did get A.J. Duffy in as a recruit. No, as a, a transfer. Um, if you'd gotten one of the two or three high-profile players uh, at, at the big-time Power Five uh, level to if one, any of them had said, yeah, I'll come to Florida State uh, and, and presumably to start, you probably would have heard from Jordan pretty quickly. Because I would imagine at that point, that's twice they would have told you that they're kind of bringing in somebody to compete with you because they're not enamored with you. And you might say, look, at this point, guys, it's pretty evident you don't want me here. <laughs> you don't think much of me. So they didn't do that, which means he's not going anywhere. Um, and that is a question that we've had a discussion about on Warchan amongst the staff. We've had a question about that on this show. It will loom large uh, over Mike uh, Norvell and staff uh, this year because they have put their eggs in the basket of Jordan Travis and said, you know, let's make something happen here because they believe he's going to take a big step forward with the receivers that we just brought in via the transfer portal. Uh, they believe that the offensive line will be the best that it's been and they've improved that via the transfer portal as well, both with a backup, which you know about Bless Harris, and starter, Caden Lyles. So I think that they believe this is his best opportunity and that he'll take the uh, take the reins. Uh, I, I We'll see. It's also worth noting that the transfer process is not done. And I don't mean that necessarily for, for quarterback because ideally you'd want a quarterback to come in here and learn the offense now. As in, oh, yeah, you'd want him in play the run practices yeah. and then they get in for spring. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the offensive line, too. You know, if you get a tackle, and I know that's the white whale for a lot of programs right now, but if you get a tackle after spring practice that can start for you, right tackle, shift Robert to left or whatever, then you can maybe move Darius Washington inside, and now you've got an interior three of Gibbons, Lyles, and Washington. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. That'd be real nice. So it's not done yet, the shaping the offensive line, but we feel like either way, if you They're just all... started the season with what you got right now, yes. yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. bad. But that's about as healthy as it's been, and I don't mean in terms of injury. I just mean that's about as good as it's been in a long time around these parts. It'll be their best opportunity to have uh, an offense that's efficient and takes a huge step forward. I don't think it's going to be elite. I don't think they're going to make the move from being pedestrian to elite on offense, but I think they can be above average. That'd be nice. That's huge. It'd be nice. Uh, It's been a minute, and some of that is on Jordan Travis. In my opinion, now everybody is willing to deflect blame for Jordan Travis all the time. I'm not. Um, I'm not getting into that fight. But I'm just saying this: I do agree that he hasn't had a lot of weapons to work with. That's a fair thing to say. I mean, the, both these things can be true. You can say I have my questions about him as a passer, but I also feel for him and that they really haven't helped. And this offensive line has been god awful. You don't have a tight end worth a damn, even though you have 105 of them on your roster. You've been slightly above average at best at running back. You've had nothing in the way of receiving help at all. So it's hard to be any good with all of those problems that you're saddled with. And if you're not terribly accurate to begin with, it's a wonder. Yeah, it's like saying, you know, you're a baseball team that can't pitch. You don't feel very Struggle well. Struggle to pick up the baseball. And you can't hit. Other than that. Other than that, we're ready. Yep. We're ready for opening day. Here we Let's go, go, guys. Sounds like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Can't pitch, can't pick up the ball, don't hit for power or average. And yet that team would have won, in this analogy, probably 70 or 75 games. You go, I don't know how the hell we won 75 games. Yeah. Oh, how? 
That would be the Jordan Travis. That that's the coloring from the outside, creating the silhouette of Jordan Travis. And you say, well, I mean, it's why I complimented them as an offensive play calling tandem. Uh, even though it was less than perfect, they were, you know, you're getting blood from a stone. It's a minor miracle. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with.